Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50's weekly coronavirus update. Uh, it's the 6th of June, 2020. Um, Dallas, we finally have wind in the sails. So it was only the, the 16th of May. 16th of May ago. this year. We paused this. It was only, it was less than a month ago. Yeah, yeah. It's like now the 6th. It's only the 6th of June. It was the, six, yeah. it was the 16th of May yeah. where we'd had three weeks um, of pretty much nothing happening, no wind in the sails. Um, yeah. I um, made some silly reference to the <laughs> the first voyage of the British East India I, Company where I embarrassingly I as they were leaving as they were leaving England they they only got out to as far as the um, a few hundred metres from the cliffs of Dover on their way yeah. to the uh, on their way to in Indonesia. And uh, sat there for three weeks because there was no yeah. wind in the sails. And we, we made that analogy and said, look, nothing's yeah, happening nothing. with the markets now. Um, yeah. This is back on the 16th of May. And yeah. we said, we're going to stop this weekly update for a period of time yeah. until we actually get some wind in the sails. So yeah. here we are. Yeah. So where were we? Yeah. Where were we three weeks ago? And where are we now? So uh, three weeks ago, I'll go back. And have a look. We're on so on the sixteenth of May. Uh, the Australian markets were still down twenty five percent, and yep. the and the uh, the American markets were down fifteen percent. Yeah. Um, right now, the Australian markets uh, are only down sixteen percent. So there's been a yep. further improvement in, in three weeks of nine percent, uh, yep. and the American markets unbelievably. Are down only five percent from their previous yep. highs yep. on the on the on the nineteenth of February two thousand twenty. So only down five percent. The top five hundred companies in America from their yep. previous highs. Now, um, if someone if someone had told you if you if you if you'd been put to sleep and had uh, woken up and said before you look at what things are doing, um, just know this: there's a yep. there's a pandemic. It's yeah, going around the world that we don't know when we're going to be able to to uh, yeah, yeah. to 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 go um, back to normal to to cure it or go back to normal. Uh, yeah. There's a, supposedly one of the biggest recessions ever coming because yeah. of that. Uh, yeah. There's 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 further um, tensions between China and the US in terms of trade, yeah. and China and Australia yeah. in terms of trade. Um, yeah. What do you think the markets are down by? Um, yeah. Look, I would say forty percent. If if, yeah. if I was that person yeah. being woken up from that sleep, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for a number of years, I'd say they're down forty percent. So they're actually yeah. only down five percent in America. Down, down now a total of sixteen um, percent in Australia. Yeah. So we we fell a bit further than America, yeah. and um, we've we've recovered in yeah we haven't we we've we've recovered um, similarly just because we fell yeah. further. Um, yeah. Still. Not back to, uh, not 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 quite back to where they are yeah. in in, yeah. in terms of only down five percent. 
Yeah, and that's uh, it's interesting because we we spoke about this obviously when we were doing the the weekly wrap up. Is the the fact that if someone, even if someone told you what the economy or what was going to happen in countries, that doesn't that isn't the proxy that we think it is for share prices. So we, if we think that, like you just said, if someone told us exactly what's going to happen week by week, you'd think that you'd be able to overlay that and go, okay, well, this is what share prices will do in response to that. But it only takes a situation like this to make you realise that even if you know what is going to happen in a country or in an economy or whatever, it doesn't tell you what the price of the companies within that place are going to do. That's a really good point. So there's, there's a massive disconnect between what the, the share prices or the value yeah. of, a, of a company will do, yeah. even when it derives its profits from from yeah. that one country. And what I mean by that is if you look at an Australian company uh, yeah. that derives uh, most of its profits from Australia, yeah. if you track the economic growth of Australia to the average um, price of that company, yeah. you'll see that the average price of that company generally yeah. is a lot higher when, than what the economic growth has been growing at. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's a fundamental reason for that. So, so companies make profits, they reinvest a portion of those profits and they grow yep. the value of their business. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how Woolworths became, went from five supermarkets in 1925 to, yeah, yep. uh, a thousand supermarkets in 2020. They, they, they did yep. just that. They, they made profits, yep. they reinvested them, they grew their supermarket base. So you'll see yep. if you track Australia's economic growth, um, yeah, you know, uh, the, the the price of Woolworths is is has been um, uh, certainly out outpaced that significantly, and that's the yeah. reason why. Yeah, and you've also got. A, I mean, some yeah. of the leading American companies that are headquartered in America um, yeah. actually sell you know, goods and services all around the world. And we're talking about your Apples and your Googles and all those types of things, just to name a few of yeah. the bigger ones. So. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're selling things all around the world. So it's not, they're yeah. not just tied to the American economy. So there's, yeah. a, there's, there's a big disconnect um, yeah. in terms. And it is interesting because I think to me, it's, it's, there's, there's two conflicting things that you've got to almost hold in your head to be, to, be, um, to be a successful investor. And how I would say that is to be successful in terms of achieving your long-term goals. So when I think of a successful investor, I think someone who achieves what they want to financially over the long term, not necessarily someone who outperforms or can try and pick and choose which company is going to do well. But if you want to actually invest your retirement savings in, in a way that allows you to fund your your retirement income needs, you don't you need to hold two things in your head, which is that one, over the long term, these companies and, and the rational actors that, that manage them and that have anything to do with them, they they will they will continue to grow their profits over time on average. Mm. And also in the interim, in the short term, we get no idea where those company prices are going. We get no idea. Even, even if we know what the economic conditions are going to be of the country that they're headquartered in, we don't know how these companies are going to respond to that. And we don't know how their price is going to respond to that. So you kind of have to hold the two conflicting things of, yeah, we've got to, we're, we're very confident that over the long term, things will all work out. But in the short term, really have no idea what's happening that's right and and um yeah there's a saying that that springs to mind as well and and, and anecdotally uh you know you look at at the deepest point of a recession and you never know you never know yeah. what the deepest yeah. point of the recession is until you know a year later or two years later um when you can point you can look back and point that was it um yeah. 
traditionally investment markets are actually heading north very strongly at the deepest point of a recession. So they're forward looking, not backward looking. Yep. Yep. So um, yeah, what the what I would say the markets are saying right now, and remember the markets are col- a collection of everyone that owns companies yep. through their super yep. fund or um, yep. in their own names or whatever, yep. and anyone that's thinking of buying right now those yep. companies. Um, yep. Uh, anyone that's thinking of panicking and selling, yeah, all yeah. of these people set the price. So yeah. what the what these what everyone's saying right now then is that is that the recession is going to be short lived. I would I would yeah. I would infer that. Um, yeah. Please don't yeah. take that as yeah. me Maybe. saying that, Michael Hoke, yeah. uh, because yeah. because yeah. I have no idea. No one does on yeah. on the face of it, and the markets can get it wrong. But yeah, what they're yeah. saying right now, I believe, is that is that the uh, yeah the, the the we've already passed the deepest point of this recession at this point yeah. in time. They're, they're looking yeah. for they're getting antsy. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I guess that stands to mind, Dallas, is is the theory that I came up with on the twenty fifth <laughs> of April two thousand twenty, when I said I, I believe the markets are scared, not of yeah. dropping further. They're scared that this yeah. thing will recover faster. Um, yeah. I think we can look back and say that I was right, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. which 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 probably means the next time you hear a theory of mine on this recession yeah, uh, on this on this um <laughs> on this podcast, yeah. Uh, yeah. ignore that because I'm yeah. I'm right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Happy if I'm right fifty one percent of the time with the theory, <laughs> but um yeah. yeah, my theory at the time was that markets were edging up, edging up, edging up, and yeah. they should have been down a lot further based on the on the data, but they were thinking. They were they were getting worried. Uh, yeah. People were getting worried that they uh, weren't going to be able to take advantage of the opportunity to buy yeah. in at a low price. Yeah. yeah, and and certainly that looks to be what's what's happened because they've really really you know since uh, in the last three weeks they've really really pushed up to uh, yeah. to only be down sixteen percent yeah. in Australia, only five percent in America. And it is it is, it is interesting because I remember this is the point you sort of made that. Uh, I can't remember exactly how you worded this now, but it was something like it was something that that resonated. Is that you know, the the most people are panicking at the at the lowest price, and that's like you said, yep. that's what's driving that price down. Is there is more selling pressure yep. than buying pressure. That's yep. what pushes that price down. So by its very nature, that has to be when people are most panicked. Yes, and then so, so, that, yeah, as things are rallying, it's the opposite of that. It's that's when as prices are jumping back up. That's when people are most worried about missing out on that return, and and the the fear of missing out is is stronger than the the worry about the market dropping. That's right. There's there's panic on the way down, panic on the way up, and yeah. um and, and and you know some of the panic right now, and it's true. Um, at the bottom of the market, yeah. or very close to the bottom market, is when the most amount of people have panicked, and that's why yeah. it is down. Um, yeah. Recognizing that any given day. Uh, if if for every hundred people that wake up wanting yeah. to sell um, their companies yeah. or their shares, if there's only ten people that wake up wanting to buy those companies or shares, uh, then the yeah. price is going to going to fall. It's going to fall sharply, and that's yeah. what we see around the bottom of the market. So back on the twenty third of March, um, when the Australian uh, markets were down thirty six percent, so share prices were down by thirty six percent. Um, that's when most people panicked because, yeah. uh, and, and we and can say that with assurance because we know that that's when the, the, yeah. the, 
the bottom to date yeah. uh, yeah. has occurred. So people yeah. sold at sixty four cents in the dollar at that point in time, yeah. and what yeah. and, and and what we've no doubt seen now um, is we've seen some of those people panic back in and move back in. Yeah. yeah. Um, the problem for those people yeah. is that if they move back in yesterday, they bought they sold out at sixty four cents in the dollar and they bought back in for eighty four cents in the dollar. Yeah. Now it doesn't sound like a doesn't sound a like a difference. massive amount. But yeah. on a half a million dollar, if they were 55 with yeah. a half a million dollar balance as a couple, uh, when they sold out and if they bought back in yesterday, they have just torn up $200,000 by the time they retire. So, yeah. so yeah. They, they actually sold out. Um, they've just could buy $100,000 of difference by yeah. selling out at, at 36% down, buying back in at 16% there. Yeah. Um, however, over the next 10 years, that would have compounded out to $200,000 just by normal growth. Right. So yeah. um, take and, about, yeah. look, if you're listening to this and you, and you haven't panicked and, you, and you've, you've remained um, and held strong with your investment strategies, um, yeah. despite significant peer pressure, so there's significant peer pressure um, we'd heard from, from various people saying, our friends are all telling us that they've moved to cash um, at, or, you know, at, at or around yeah. the bottom. Uh, yep. Back in March, um, should we be doing this? Should we be doing that? Like for those people that that have moved to cash, um, look right now they've completely made the wrong decision, and we we've said that all along. Yep. It's a mugs game to actually try and move uh, out and try to move yep. back in. So if anyone yep. that's remained uh, calm and stuck to their investment strategy, look uh, well done because yep. because um, while some of your colleagues have been making a terrible mistake. Um, yeah. You haven't done that. Yeah. And that's, that's a, a really good point is that I think to, to touch on there is that for, for those people who haven't made a mistake, it's not to say that you haven't felt those emotions. You, you probably still, and I know there's talking to clients where there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of our clients that, that has, they have been uncomfortable and they haven't, it's not a fun thing to watch your super balance plummeting, but they haven't acted on that emotion. And that's the most important thing. You know, you can, mm. it's understandable for some people if you're getting close to retirement and you're watching your balance drop, the instinct is to want to do something, but pushing back on that and not making that mistake, not doing anything, you know, not uh, moving that into cash and trying to pick in time when to get back in just by not doing that, you've, you've picked up a 20% return and that's, that's effectively mm. like you say, you've protected yourself, you've saved yourself that two hundred thousand dollars that those other people have have missed out. Yeah, on. And, and look, it's a huge amount, isn't it? Like, yeah, to the how many, how much effort it would take to actually save two hundred thousand yeah. dollars from your disposable oh. income over the next ten years. Like, it's a massive yeah. effort. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's, and, it's and it, again, we we'll repeat, it's a mugs game to try and guess which way these things are going to go well, and it, to sell it at the wrong it, time. Yeah. It ties into the thing that we've, and, and it's funny because we're in the middle of um, meeting with all of our existing clients and, and reviewing them. And what you find is that, so so for some people, the, the people who have best coped with this or that have worried or have been negatively impacted emotionally the least are the people that just haven't looked at it and haven't thought about it. And that sounds yeah. like, a, like, a, like a silly thing to say, but the best thing that you, the best thing that you could have done was to not look at your super balance between you know, the start of this financial year and the end of this financial year, and depending on obviously where things go over the next month, but 
you'd look at that and go, I don't know what all the fuss is about. Things aren't, things are in the same position they were in a year ago. And that's kind look, of, you're spot on. Yeah. So if we, yeah, I mean, we look at, um, at, at where people were, uh, because we've been meeting with all of our clients, we've been looking back at where they were on the 1st of May, 2019. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we looked at where they were positioned on the 1st of May, 2020, which sort of yeah. moved sideways. Yeah. But, um, if we revalue that on the 1st of June or the 5th of June, yeah. uh, 2020, yeah. they've actually yeah. moved up over that period yeah. of time. So, yeah. So, you know, if someone, again, was to ask a general question and say, okay, do you think you would have improved financially from the 1st of May 2019 to the to the 5th of June 2020? Do you think you would have gone up, yeah. down, or sideways um, yeah. over that period of time? I yeah. think most people would say, given yeah. what's going on, down. Um, yeah. uh, it would be their first answer. The second answer would be sideways. Yeah. And a very distant third would be that they'd actually yeah. improved financially over yeah. that period of time. But for our clients, yeah. they've actually improved from the 1st yeah. of May 2019 to the to the 5th of June 2020. Yeah, which is, you know, it's funny because it is, because it is something obviously that we, that we look at and then we're, it, it, those, those numbers that as we've been looking at this with existing clients, it's, it's almost, you do sort of feel like you, you got to double check that and go, well, hang, mm. on, hang on, like we've just watched this huge drop and yes, there has been a bit of a recovery since then, but, yeah, that's that's where things have been over the last year. So, and then, and you know, this is something we talk about all the time: is that if you look, you, you, the further you drag that out backwards, the, the the better off you are, even allowing for this drop. Like for clients that have you know been clients with us for five or ten years, when you look at their percentage return over that time frame, for a lot of them, it's still a it's still an eight, nine, ten percent return, even allowing yes. for for that drop. So it's yeah, it's very that's important. right. Yeah, um, but it, it's it sort of ties into so uh, I guess the we've, something we've been talking about in in the office over over a coffee this week is about the decisions that you make that um, decisions that you make that that then preclude you from making all other decisions. If that makes sense. So mm. you for like we said for people who have decided okay our superannuation we want to invest this in a way that's going to grow over the next ten years. And we are just not going to, we are not going to change that. We are not going to look at that. We are not going to react to any uh, short-term market movements. We are just going to stay the course. If you made that decision once to then say, I am not going to change. This is, this is what I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. It then makes life easy because you, A, you're less likely to actually look at your balance day to day because you go, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't change my investment strategy. It doesn't change what I'm going to do with that money. So you're less likely to look at it. But even if you do look at it, you go, no, that's not a part of my, my plan is not to move out or to move back in or to do any of those things. You can just write it out and you can really just look at it on an ad hoc, like on a longer term basis and see where you, where you've tracked. So, yeah. It's definitely, like you said, the trying to time the market in and out, as we said before, you can understand why people try and do it, but we just know that it's a mugs game. It just doesn't work. Yeah, so what you're talking about, Dallas, um, is once you've made a decision that you're going to invest X amount of dollars per year. Yeah, yeah. you just do that. Um, for the next 10 years as you approach your retirement, um, the best way to do that is to split that up on a, you know, if you get paid fortnightly, split that up into 26 fortnights. Um, yeah. And if that means you're going to put in $300 a fortnight, $500 a fortnight, $600 yep. a fortnight, whatever that figure is, yeah. Um, 
once you've committed to that yeah. and locked that in, regardless of the price of what things yeah. are doing up or down, yeah. you're saying, of course, um, not only does that work, but the mental energy that you expend in being oh. worried about buying at the right yeah. price and yeah. am, I, am and I paying too much and what's happening and yeah. all that. There's just none of that mental energy no, in terms right. of... Yeah, and it, um, it's, it's exactly the same thing applies to both your your future your future money that you have to invest. And you say so if you've got like we said before, if you've got five hundred thousand dollars right now and you're fifty five and you want to invest that for your retirement in ten years time, what you really want to do is make a decision about how you invest how you're going to invest that money to grow it over the next ten years. And you want to make that decision once, and you want to make that decision at a time when you are under the least amount of stress and pressure possible. And, and, and you also want to make that decision about what you, about your future cash flows. Like we've said, if, if you've got $300 or $500 fortnight, what am I going to do with that money? And then you really need to come up with a plan and then you need to do that for the next 10 years. And that's, yeah. that's, I guess, the, if you think about, like I, I was talking about this with a client, so those are really the, in bigger picture, those are the two parts of our job is, is number one is to come up with that plan. And then number two is to make sure that our, our clients stick to that plan. And then obviously mm. we need to adjust that plan. But people, people who are, when I say, when I said before about successful investors, invariably uh, have, have a plan and they stick to that plan. Whereas unsuccessful investors react to what's happening around them. And, and I guess, like we said, human nature is that we will tend to react to the exact wrong thing. We will panic when everyone else is panicking, which is when, when, the, when the price is at its very bottom. And we will get greedy when the price is very top. And so, like you say, it, it seems funny to when we're talking to, to some of our clients that haven't really looked at it or thought about it and they've just stuck to their plan. They're putting their money in each fortnight. They've got their superannuation invested in, in the way that's going to grow over the long term. The yep. people that haven't thought about that again since you know we talked to them six months ago, they are the successful investors because they are on track. They haven't made any of those mistakes. There's no... There's no pressure. They don't have to make that decision every fortnight of do we invest now or do we not or what's the price doing. They're just sticking to the plan and they're just following the script and, and it's worked well for them. Yeah, it certainly has. And um, yeah. uh, from my end, that's probably a good place to wrap up unless you have anything to add. I will say that, yeah. uh, look, it's good to be back on a Saturday morning. It's a weekly wrap up. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. No, I think that that's, that's you, you made a good point there of, I guess there's there's two where we are now. Yeah, we've we've had that big drop. We've had that bit of recovery, and and really where we are now, for people listening to this, you're in either one of two boats. You either didn't react to that, and you've let things pick back up and recover. In which case, you're probably feeling pretty comfortable about the fact that you didn't ha you didn't panic on the way out, and you're now not panicking to get back in. So, for people that didn't do that, you're probably feeling pretty good about it. For people that did panic and sell at the bottom and are now sitting on the sidelines with cash and trying to decide, is this a false rally? When do I get back in? What, what price point do I, all those sorts of things. If you think about emotionally how that feels for those, for those poor people that are sitting on the sidelines, and like I said, we've got sympathy for it because we can understand why you do it. If you're sitting on the sidelines with cash right now and then how that would feel. But what I would also say there is that there may well be another drop from here. We, we, we don't, it's not to say that it's just going to be a nice smooth line up into the right from here. But if you think about emotionally how that person that did panic and sell, how they're feeling now, 
when we have our next drop, which will happen at some stage in the future, whether we get back to previous highs first or not, we are going to have another drop. And how you act when, when that drop occurs, that decides whether you do have to have panic on the way down and panic on the way back in, or whether you just do the same thing that you've done, which is stick to the plan, stick to the script, and, and not, have to, not have to go through that roller coaster. Yeah, look, I think that's a, a, a great comment to end the, the podcast today. So thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.